T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan this evening. He should be uh, back in the saddle uh, tomorrow. But uh, for tonight, I'll be with you. And there is so much going on in St. Louis. Uh, obviously, you heard Cardinals did very well today. Uh, Blues, not so well. But uh, you know what we're going to focus on, though, here is what's going to happen tomorrow. And tomorrow in the city of St. Louis, uh, the citizens of St. Louis are going to pick the next mayor, either aldermanic member Kara Spencer or treasurer Tashara Jones. And uh, joining me to break down all of the polling data uh, on this election is Dr. Don Vaughn. He's the head of product for Invisibly. Uh, Dr. Vaughn, welcome to CamelX. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I, I ran across some of your data today in terms of uh, polling data. But before we dive into the numbers, Dr. Vaughn, tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, Invisibly. Yeah, uh, my, my background's in neuroscience, and so I've just been trying to figure out how to, you know, when you can't put brain scanners on people and figure out what's going on in there, how do you ask them and how do you, how do you figure that out? And politics is a, it's kind of where the rubber hits the road on that. So Invisibly is a, a polling and market research company that uses uh, new technology to try and uh, fix a lot of the problems that we've seen in polling over the last decade, try and bring it from the 1960s technology and robo-dialing that's been the bedrock for a while to, uh, to the 21st century. Well, tell us a little bit about that, because particularly in 2016, the, the, the polls the using, as you say, 1960s technology missed a lot of the election trends in 2016. And frankly, they missed a lot of the election trends that we were seeing in November. So what is it yeah, that, that I was gonna you say. know, I mean, you know, 2016, 2020, I mean, how many presidential elections do we have to see the polling be garbage in order to say there's a problem? You know, 2016 happens, then the excuse is that, well, we didn't, we didn't ask people about their education enough, so we didn't reweight the polling. Like, okay, fine. And then 2020 comes, <laughs> and it, all the excuses get made, so that's great. But when you straight up break it down, when you look like an aggregator, it's like 538 that looks at all the right. polls out there. Even they admit, yeah, look, we, we were sort of close, but all, almost all the polls were wrong in the same direction, and we call that bias. And the reason I think that happened, and it didn't happen with Invisibly, I'll get to that, but 
the reason that happens is because you get someone who's divisive like Trump. And uh, when somebody calls you on your cell phone uh, or on your landline and asks you who you're going to vote for, I think uh, there's actually something at stake on your answer. You know, depending on who you vote for, you don't know what the other person's thinking. They have your they have your uh, your your number. They have your name. They have your address. Oftentimes, they have all this information on you, so it's not really anonymous. So voila, people don't say they're voting for Trump. You get a massive bias. It's, it looks like he's 17 points down, and we've been saying for months it's neck and neck. So invisibly, actually called the 2020 presidential election more accurate than any other poll. We we got it within four electoral votes. And we're hoping to do the same here in St. Louis. That's that. That is an amazing story because I I've tracked polls for years. Uh, when I was in college, my my political science professor uh, in college was the the guy David Dirge who ran the polling for Richard Nixon, and uh, and he told us he told us lots of stories about this this at the time this nascent. Uh, concept called polling and what all went into the concept of polling. And so this has been something that's in my blood for a long time. And uh, I, I wanted to, to pick your brain. Again, we're talking to Dr. Don Vaughn. He's the head of product for Invisibly, because you've taken those skills that you just discussed about trying to pick and doing it a very well, uh, doing a great job, rather, picking the last presidential election, and you've focused in that microscope on St. Louis. So uh, just generally, before we break down the numbers, what does your polling reveal about the outcome of tomorrow's mayoral election right here in St. Louis? Well, I'd like to give your listeners a little bit of a lead up, which is we, we, you know, we did the primary, uh, what is it, over a month back, and um, we were the most accurate poll there. So there was a few other people in the race, a few other companies did the polling, but we were the only, the only company that had Tashara Jones out in first. And we had Kara Spencer in second and uh, Lewis Reed was in, was in third uh, when a lot of other companies did So they didn't get first or second, right? So um, they make some predictions on this race. You know, again, who knows who will get it right. Uh, but I'll say that right now we currently have Kara Spencer in the lead. She, we have her ahead of Tashara Jones. Well, and what's fascinating about that, and, and after this break, uh, Dr. Vaughn, I want to get into those numbers that you came up with, and more importantly, how you arrived. I mean, you know, you could put a monkey on a typewriter and come up with numbers, but what fascinates me <laughs> is how you come up with your numbers. So we're talking to Dr. Don Vaughn. If you could hang with us through the break, uh, we're going to come back and talk some more about his predictions for tomorrow's mayoral election and the fact that they're different than both conventional wisdom and some of the other polling companies that you may be familiar with here in the St. Louis area. We're going to break down why those numbers are different. Overnight America, Brad Young in with uh, with you this evening. We'll be back right after this. Worker play, KMOX is right there with you. We go where you go. Welcome back to Overnight America, and we're breaking down tomorrow's mayoral election here in the city of St. Louis. And on the line is Dr. Don Vaughn, Ph.D. He's the head of product for Invisibly. Uh, thanks for sticking around with us through the break. Yeah, thanks for keeping me around. Sure. Now, you have Kara Spencer, and I've looked at your data. You have Kara Spencer with a near 15% lead over to Shara Jones. And and this goes against what many believe is conventional wisdom, uh, at least coming up to the election. The conventional wisdom has been to Shara Jones uh, uh, had the momentum here. Uh, and yet you've also your numbers are also contrasting with polling data from several other local firms, including Show Me Victories. So how is your methodology different 
to come up with such a strikingly different outcome? How does it work differently? Yeah, so Invisibly, which is, uh, you know, we were founded by a St. Louis native, um, Jim McKelvey. So we, he, he sort of realized that, you know, technology online had uh, some serious improvement that, that could be used to help revolutionize what was going on with polling. And so what we developed was a way to ask people their opinions online because everybody's on the Internet. And that contrasts with a lot of other, you know, legacy methodologies where they're still robo-dialing your phone. I don't know if you're like me, but I, I don't answer those. No, um, of course you're not, not. You're not really getting it. Hey, you're right. Who does? But it's a certain kind of people and they don't reflect the overall demographic uh, and the other people they typically call are people with landlines. And, you know, I don't have one of those either. So I would say that, you know, our big revolution is just bringing polling to, you know, the 21st century, which is to ask people questions where everybody is, which is online. Fantastic. Uh, the other thing I want to dive into here is because conventional wisdom, at least when I was studying polling in the 80s and 90s, uh, conventional wisdom holds that undecided voters typically break for the incumbent or at least the perceived incumbent when they get to the actual polling place. But you're, I was looking at your numbers. Your numbers uh, with regard to the mayoral election tomorrow show about 24 percent undecided. I mean, do you see those? Yeah, right. Do you see those numbers breaking? Because there's no incumbent here. We've got two folks who are, are, are neither of which are running again for re-election, although they are both known political commodities in St. Louis. So, how do you see that undecided vote going tomorrow? I got to be honest. That is really anyone's guess. You know, I can tell you what people who are who have an opinion are saying, and when it comes to that 24 percent, I can hear it anyway. I could hear it. Well, they're going to go with someone who has momentum or they're, you know, they're, they're going to go with somebody who maybe isn't publicly as popular because they don't want to be known for that. It's, it's, it really, you know, that is the part of polling that's probably the most difficult. It's people who don't mm -hmm. say who they're voting for. You know, you can do all the best statistics to get answers and then everybody else, it's still in your head. I don't really have a way to measure it. So um, your, anyone's guess, it would have to be a significant break according to our data, for Tashara Jones. It's possible, but that would be a significant break for Tashara Jones um, for us to project her winning. We're talking to Dr. Don Vaughn. He's the head of product for Invisibly. And, uh, you know, as you already kind of mentioned earlier in the interview, uh, this year, at least in the primary, it was the first nonpartisan election setup that we've had here in the city of St. Louis. And so uh, even though we still have two candidates going into tomorrow's race, it's really a nonpartisan type setup. Do you think this new election process will have any impact on the statistical accuracy of your polling data since this is really the first time that this process has been utilized in St. Louis? Yeah, I think there's I, you know, I think there's room for, for some error there, but I, I will say, you know, the, the primary lets you choose more than one person to to uh, to elect and that was a you know sort of a new new idea as well and, and our polling was was extremely accurate on the primary uh, much better than any of the the legacy providers so I think I'm pretty I'm pretty hopeful that our predictions are accurate and that we're doing a you know good job by everyone by you know telling them something that's worth listening to and not just throwing out predictions so um, we'll see how it breaks out uh, tomorrow night or maybe. Well, the following day. I, I was excited to talk about these numbers with you because when I look at a site like 538 or Real Clear Politics, 
where they do the aggregator type polls of polls. There, there's no skill in that. There's no science in that. You're just picking a bunch of polls and you're and you're averaging those polls. But what I see you doing is something new and different, and I'm excited to see if this is going to continue to work as you've already highlighted that it's been working in the past because you're right, we're still using the same polling technology and techniques that we used 30, 40 years ago, and uh, and I think we've been seeing the results of that uh, antiquated methodology over the last two elections. Yeah, I think you're spot on. I mean, the tech, it clearly worked, you know, uh, decades ago. I think it was a good, good idea to just keep calling people's phones, but the world's changed. People get spam calls all the time, not likely to answer from a random number. Landlines are a thing of the past, really. And so we have, the technology has to evolve. So what Invisibly has developed is our, our real-time research product. And we use it a lot in polling. We also just, you know, any businesses that are doing market research, it's, there has to be a way for people to keep their pulse on what's going on. And, it, and you know, beyond polling, for example, we look at things like who's, who's going to take the coronavirus vaccine. And we were some one of the earlier firms to predict that it was really more of a 50-50 type of outcome where mm-hmm. a lot of people were actually not going to get the vaccine um, several months ago. It was just people wanted to wait and see how it was going to shake out. So just it's important for, I think, for democracy that it kind of sh- it shakes us a little bit when you have all these pundits saying it's going to shake this way, this way, exactly this way. And if it doesn't come even close, you kind of got to wonder, is there fraud or something going on? Like it's, it, it, when the polls are that far off, I really right. think it sort of seeds some doubt. So I think it's important for everybody that the polling is, uh, is up to date and, and telling listeners something, again, that's, that's worth listening to. And so we, we have Kara Spencer out in front pretty, pretty significantly beyond our margin of error. We're, we're talking to Dr. Don Vaughn, Ph.D. He's the head of product at Invisibly. Thanks for sharing your time with us. I've got just a couple more questions here before we, we wrap this up, because as I was thinking about this today, in a normal partisan election, we always see the emotional power of voting against someone. You know, if you look at 2016, yeah. large numbers yeah. of people voted against Hillary. It didn't matter who was running. And, of course, we saw yeah. this in very large measure uh, in November of 2020, where folks would vote for a corpse instead of voting for, for uh, President Trump. <laughs> but but here in the city of St. Louis, you know, we have Kara Spencer and Tashara Jones. Both candidates have very similar platforms. Both are progressive Democrats. Both probably agree on most subjects. So how do you think that might affect the turnout? We always hear turnout, turnout, turnout. But how would this or might this affect the turnout if both candidates pretty much agree on most things from an ideological perspective? Gosh, yeah, I think that's a really interesting point. Um, that I, I actually hadn't really considered too much until you said it, but it's, it's important to think about that. Um, I, typically, you get races that are this close, and you know, if you're a voter, either one is a pretty decent option, similar platform for you. You know, because they're ideologically similar. That I think what you end up getting are the, the you know, the, the types of people who, whoever has mobilized their base to be the most energetic about what's going on, um, I think is probably the most likely one to get it to get the the right turnout. And so, if anything, it probably adds more noise uh, in the sense that we're probably you know, our margins probably are a little narrower than what the real margins are because all those undecided voters could really go either way. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot more room for error versus, you know, I think, in, you know, when it was uh, 2020 presidential election, you got Trump, Biden. I would, I had to wager 95% of people had made up their mind uh, a long time ago.
Yeah, yeah. I don't think there were a lot of undecideds there. Uh, no. Uh, but, but but hey, uh, hi, if folks want more information, again, we're talking to Dr. Don Vaughn, head of product at Invisibly. If folks want more information on what Invisibly does and how you do it, which I think is different than anyone else that I've seen currently who are in is who is in this business, how can people reach out to you or find more about Invisibly? Yeah, you just go to invisibly.com. Then we have a polling page. We have an insights page. And we're, we're always, you know, we're, we're just trying to keep our pulse on what's going on so that America is informed. What's, you know, how is Biden doing in his first 100 days? What do Americans think about that coronavirus? Um, all the way down to, you know, just what's happening right now with the vaccine. Dr. Don Vaughn, hey, thanks for sharing your evening with us. I know it's late, but thanks so much for staying up late with us here on X. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Hey, when we come back from this break, I want to open up the phone lines. We've been doing a lot of interviews this evening, and uh, I want to hear from you. We've got lots of things to talk about. That's never a problem. But if something's on your mind, phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Call or text here on Overnight America. Brad Young, we'll be back in just a moment. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Get the inside story on what's happening with your St. Louis Cardinals this season directly from the Redbirds manager. It's the Mike Schilt Show, Sunday mornings at 10.15, sponsored by Bath Fitter, on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker this evening. He should be back with you tomorrow. In the meantime... Phone lines are open, 314-436-7900. Call or text. Would love to hear from you this evening. We're talking about, uh, we just finished an interview talking about the mayoral race, and we're going to be talking about the uh, STL, the St. Louis jail riot that happened last night. We're going to be talking about that, too, uh, as the hour unfolds. But Gene's been holding for a while. Hey, Gene, welcome to Camo X. Uh, thank you. My situation is this. It's about the fund that Tashara Jones has set up for the students in the city of St. Louis. Uh, how can one person that I understand, she has complete control over the funds there, but how can she set up funds for students in the city of St. Louis, and how does she uh, track to see if the students are still living in the city of St. Louis? And also, all students do not want to go uh, to college, so therefore... She's taking the taxpayers' money and investing in something that's unpredictable. 
And if she wanted to set up a scholarship, it could have been uh, something set up as a treasure. But I don't think that she should have the privilege to take and set up scholarship for every student in the city of San Luis. That's ancinine. It doesn't make sense. I'm trying to find out what's the logic. How do you keep track of the students? I'm sure the students that once lived in St. Louis, they have moved out to the county. They have moved out of town. How do you account for the money that's being spent? Well, so Gina, those are all those are all great questions. Let me just tell you what I do know. I'm not advocating for it or advocating against it, but here's what I do know. Last time I checked, there were about 13,500 kids who had accounts with that scholarship fund. It's not for everybody. Somebody They have to actually open up an account. And when you open up an account, there's supposed to be. Now, again, I stress supposed to be because, uh, uh, because we've seen right now with the St. Louis uh, prison, St. Louis uh, jail, that there's just not enough supervision. There's not enough people. But theoretically on this scholarship program that there's a tracking of, of the kids' grades because they get bonuses if for good attendance and they get bonuses for grades. And so someone has to track those. Now, here's what's interesting. The bonuses are funded through corporate and philanthropic donations. So people are giving money to that. I don't know to what extent St. Louis city money or government money is going into that. I know that there's been a lawsuit that was filed uh, that went up to the Supreme Court on this issue, but I haven't had a chance to review that because I didn't know we were going to talk about it this evening. So uh, there are a lot of questions, and Gene, a lot of people have the same questions that you do uh, regarding how this can be funded and how it can be tracked with regard to students who participate in this program. Mm -hmm. Well, that was, I was curious, you know, about that. Okay. Well, hey, I hopefully I answered your question. And thanks for calling in this evening on Camel X. And I heard that too. But the thing of it is, it seemed like the Treasury Department, one person, when they come in control of that department, they delegate all the authority and make all the rules. She Does the Treasurer have a commission or a group of people that she has to work with to get approval of? Well, there, there are there are very specific rules regarding the setting up of a five two nine program, and those are all governed by the organization that runs that money. So I'm not exactly sure what they would have to do with regard to setting that up from a city perspective, but uh, hopefully that answers your question. Hey, anything else on your mind this evening? 314-436-7900. Give us a call or text. Either way is fine. One of the things that I want to talk about for the rest of this hour and if you watched this last night, I would love to hear your perspective on it. I, I ended up watching this uh, on television last night for about two and a half hours. And I know you're going to think, Brad, you need to read a book or something. But uh, the, this the city riot that was going on at the jail, I don't know if you saw this last night, but it was captivating to watch or to listen to this because there were chairs flying out these windows. There were... Uh, 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 guys who were hanging out the windows. They were throwing things. There were bed sheets being lowered down. I mean, it was almost like something from uh, Shawshank Redemption going on here. I didn't see anybody, you know, going out through the sewage pipes. I didn't see that. But uh, uh, but it was it was 
It was captivating because we didn't know what was going to happen. And just to give you, in case you didn't see it, in case you weren't watching television or listening to Camo X last night and didn't know about the riot, let me just give you a very brief setup, and then I want to play something for you to let you hear what it sounded like. Because what happened was is in on the third floor of the St. Louis jail, right across the street, ironically, uh, from City Hall in St. Louis. Prisoners started busting out windows, just like they did in February. What was in February was on the fourth floor. This was on the third floor. We're going to get to that and reason why that distinction is important will become very clear here in the next few moments. But as this started to unfold, it, it sounded like this. Now, I've not doctored this. This is how it sounds. This is how it was sounding last night. People on the ground were cheering. Guys were hanging out of the windows. That's the way it sounded last night. And there were guys with pipes who were busting out these windows on the third floor of the St. Louis City Jail. And then they started throwing sofas out the window. And they started throwing tables out the window. There was a bar stool was flying out a microwave at one point goes sailing out the window and I'm like yeah guys um yeah you know you're you're not you're not getting uh, chicken pot pies now warmed up in the microwave if you're throwing the darn thing out the window so but what was captivating about it was you just didn't know what was going to happen and the second reason why this was so captivating was because cops were standing around there was a fire they were throwing out uh, toilet paper and other types of paper that was on fire, and it started a fire at the base of the city jail last night. And for the longest time, firefighters were kind of standing there watching it. Police officers were standing around. Sheriff's department officials were in the building. And nobody seemed to be doing anything. No one seemed to be upset about what was happening in the jail when there was a riot going on. And, and to me, I kept wondering, what's happening behind the scenes, and why isn't anyone doing something about this? And the, 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 what happened today then was, uh, well, let me, before I get to that part, eventually the fires were put out. Eventually the riot was squelched. And then about 30 minutes later, it all got started again. And I, and I don't know how that happened. But it was captivating because there were bed sheets being lowered down from the windows. And I'm thinking, are guys going to start climbing out the windows? I don't know what's going to happen. Are they going to throw a person out the window? And so it was covered very extensively. But the other part of this that was interesting was this. There was a crowd of about 75 people that were gathered around on the street on Tucker right outside the jail. And they were egging on. They were cheering. They were carrying signs. It was almost as if this kind of activity was planned. I don't know that it was or wasn't. I'm not suggesting that it was. But there was an instant crowd out there, and they were taking advantage of the media attention to say, no justice, no peace, which I thought was interesting since those guys were upsetting their sense of justice. But the riot was going on. And today, when there was a press conference about this particular issue, Dale Glass, who is the St. Louis Commissioner of Corrections, this was his analysis as to what happened last night. 
Um, the, the other thing that I would add, and it is, I don't know if it's a plea or what, but I, I probably say the obvious. One of the things that concerns me in these kinds of situations is when the first events happened, uh, we, the public, appeared to be um, condoning or justifying or uh, lending cause for their behavior. And I'm not judgmental about that issue, uh, but I would say it has a tendency to embolden. Now, one of the things that just I, I don't understand about the context of that quote was he said he wasn't being judgmental about it. Well, what's being judgmental about coming out and stating that if you are urging people in prison to riot, that there is something wrong with that. There is something we can, we should be able to objectively say there's something wrong with that. Now, having said that, there are some of the, the, of the complaints made by those who are in the St. Louis jail that I actually agree are legitimate complaints. For example, some of those guys have been in prison, have been in jail, rather, for five years awaiting trial. Five years. Now, under the Constitution, we have a constitutionally protected right to a speedy trial. Those guys were being denied that. And because of COVID, they couldn't have a jury trial. And we're going to hear in just a few moments here from Joe Vaccaro after this break about his take on that. But even though there were some legitimate concerns by those folks who were locked up, I, I'm just astounded that the St. Louis Commissioner of Corrections thinks that somehow it's judgmental to come out and say to bystanders, it's wrong for you to cheer on criminals when they're destroying St. Louis city property and they're looking like they're attempting to break out of jail and you're urging them to continue. Folks, we should be able to agree as a society that that's wrong. You shouldn't be able to do that. And so I commend him for calling them out. I just wish he would have done it more strongly. Did you watch it on television last night? Did you hear any of the coverage on Camo X? If so, what are your reactions to this riot in the city of St. Louis jail? 314-436-7900. Call or text here on Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in for Ryan Recker. Don't go away. Overnight America with Ryan Recker is sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com On the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Welcome back to Overnight America. Brad Young sitting in tonight for Ryan Recker. You know, normally when you hear me on KMOX during the day or even on sometimes when I'm on with Ryan during the week, I'm, I'm the legal analyst, but tonight... I'm the host, and so that's the great thing. You get all the legal advice without the cost. That, that I mean, <laughs> uh, That's the good part. So, uh, of course, it's not uh, technically attorney-client privilege. I'm, I'm required to say that. I can't where there's no attorney-client relationship established, yada, yada, yada. But in any event, uh, we're having fun talking about uh, the legal issues, but it's not fun when we see a riot going on in the city of St. Louis because that was played on all the networks today, and it made it made us look bad. Barbara's been holding for a while. Hey, Barbara, welcome back to KMOX. Yes, uh, I know you're a legal analyst, and the grievance that those uh, prisoners have is that COVID has kept them from getting a, a trial, and uh, they won a trial, and the people outside are saying, listen, they've been locked up for a long time, their wives, and and uh, they, they can't get a trial, and they're going to continue this at the jail until they get trials. 
And I don't know what can be done to get them a trial because of the COVID. They can't mm-hmm. uh, they can't get judges to give them a trial. But that something has to be done because they'll continue doing this. Well, well, Barbara, I can answer your question in part. Two things have been done. First of all, even during COVID, there was an opportunity for bench trials. That means a judge can try the case without a jury. Now, a lot of a lot of criminal defendants will want, and they certainly have a legal right to, a uh, a jury trial. But even during COVID, individuals could proceed to trial with a judge. They just couldn't have a jury because there was there were the right the emergency procedures because of COVID would simply not allow a a, a jury trial. So that's the one thing. Secondly, but jury trials themselves, at least in St. Louis City, have resumed as of last month. So starting, and, and please don't hold me to the exact date, but it was a right around March 14, March 15, right in there, jury trials were uh, resuming in the city of St. Louis. So at this point, even though I agree that, that some of those guys and there have had their Sixth Amendment right to a speedy trial under the Constitution, have had that, uh, I'm not going to say uh, withheld from them, but certainly it was delayed because of COVID, a pandemic. Now that problem is at least being resolved to the extent that A, bench trials are allowed, and B, jury trials resumed about three weeks ago. Yeah, Can they go in and some lawyer talk to the prisoners and tell them what's going on so that they can get a trial? Well, attorneys always have an opportunity to meet with defendants at any time. So their attorneys can come in, and there there are no restrictions on attorneys meeting uh, with their clients in jail. Okay. So All right. they need to go in and tell them, because otherwise they're going to just keep rioting. Yeah, unfortunately, you're probably right, Barbara. But, hey, thanks for calling in this evening. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Arthur, what's on your mind this evening here on CamoX? It's, it's just a waste of taxpayers' money. I'm sorry, say again? It's a waste of taxpayers' money. They ought to let the guys go that 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 that's been in there a long time that didn't do nothing. Some guys in there for a misdemeanor. Yeah, what happens is is that uh, uh, people who can't make bail, and of course that's all being changed now too, uh, certainly in the city of St. Louis and in the county of St. Louis, but your point is is that we should just let them go even though they've been charged with a crime and they can't make bail? Uh, ship them to the state penitentiary. I've been to the state penitentiary where they got fences and all that, where they can get out in the yard and and they got guards watching them. Right, but you saw this on TV last night. What did you think when you saw these guys breaking the windows and throwing things from the windows? What was on your mind, uh, Arthur? I've seen it all. I know, but what was on your mind when you saw that? You're, you're exactly right, Arthur. And, hey, I want to thank you for calling in this evening. Thank you, my friend. You're doing an outstanding job. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate the compliment, sir. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, feel free to call back some other time. Yeah, Arthur's point is well taken about wasting money, and I think I made that point about uh, 20 minutes ago. And that is what those prisoners don't realize is that money uh, that that could be spent on making their conditions more habitable 
improving their conditions are now going to have to be spent fixing the things that they, in fact, broke. And that, that to me is very frustrating. So even though I see there are legal issues with holding uh, holding these detainees in this situation, uh, the, 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 the answer to this is not to break windows and set the building on fire. That is not the solution. And although we don't have time to do this before the break, when we come back from the break, I'm going to play some other quotes from, from, for you and give you my breakdown as to what I think part of the problem is. Uh, because I, the, the, the solution here, I'm not going to say is easy, but the problem has been identified. And why do we know that problem has been identified? Because we had this exact same thing happen just two and a half months ago, in, or two months ago in February. The exact same thing. But what happened two months ago happened on the fourth floor. This happened on the third floor. I'm going to break that down after the break. But we had a commission established to study what caused the riot and what can be done to fix it. And because the city of St. Louis is understaffed, because the city of St. Louis is lacking money, uh, because the, 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 the jails are overcrowded at the moment, you have too many prisoners not enough money, not enough staff to deal with it. And that that cocktail, that recipe is what we saw on display last night. That was the fruit of that recipe of too many inmates, not enough leadership, and not enough staffing. And the result of that souffle is a burned dinner. We saw that burned dinner last night. It was on fire at the base of the St. Louis City Jail. Hey, Brad Young sitting in this evening for Ryan Recker. We'll break more of this down next hour, so don't go away. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.